your voice, like make a fuss, say something, do something. Don't get disheartened. Like sometimes it's hard to like see this stuff and think that the world's not changing and people don't care. There are people who do care. That care combined with your voice can make a difference. and welcome to the Together podcast. It's a conversation about faith, justice and how to help change the world. My name is Anna and I'm your host. Hey Liz, welcome. How are you doing? Good, thank you Anna. How are you? Yeah, doing good, thanks. I'm here with Liz, who is our Head of Diversity and Inclusion at Tear Fund. She is a wonderful woman who has many talents. I've seen her at festivals, she's given me words of encouragement. Also seen her leading the prayers for Tear Fund. So yeah, it's an absolute privilege and honour to have you here. Um, but would you like to introduce yourself a little bit more um, and tell us who you are? Yeah, sure. So um, as Anna, first of all, Anna, it's a pleasure to be with you. It always is. You are such a powerhouse and I love spending time with you. As Anna said, I'm Liz Muir. I'm the Head of Diversity and Inclusion at Tear Fund. I'm also currently Chief of Staff to the CEO. So trying to do my best in that role too. Um, I've been at Tear Fund for nearly three years. I love who we are. I love what we do. And is that enough about me? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. We're going to ask you a couple of um, behind the scenes questions about your joys. So first one is, if you had all the money in the world, what would you spend it on? This is a tough question. So uh, first of all, I would buy my mom a house and a car, like any house, any car that she wanted. I'd also do the same for my sister. Um, I do have other siblings, but there's just something about my sister, one of my sisters that I'd be like, right, you you get you get the car, you get the house. She's um, a special one. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and then I would put uh, money in the bank for all of my nieces and nephews for their education to make sure that they are sorted and can access education really easily. And then I would like give money to my church to build a building and yeah I would do that and then I would probably set up a foundation that um worked with girls around girls education wow yeah. this is very generous my first I'm not gonna lie my first thought when I got asked this question in my small group was literally I just get ubers everywhere and then someone was like <laughs> wouldn't you want like a chauffeur or have your own driver or something and I just it just hadn't crossed my mind I was just like I'll get like taxis no that's so amazing but what about you what like what would you do for yourself as well yeah I think what would I do for myself I'd probably just travel I mean I say just travel I would probably travel so I would you know go as far away as I can and like see places that are kind of not accessible to me at the moment Mm. Um, it's really interesting that I don't tend to think about myself when I think about getting money. So somebody that I know when we were having this conversation once was like, you just end up like with no money because you just give it all away. And I think that's <laughs> like, <laughs> my number one thing is always to make sure that the people around me are taken care of. And mm. as long as I've got a decent house with a garden and some bifold doors, oh, bifold doors, which is like the big glass doors at the back of the house. Hey. That's what I would do for myself. I feel like you could see on my face that I didn't know what Bifold. <laughs> I was I like, I like buying a house right now, so let me just explain that. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely not at that life stage, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's so good to want to spend your money on, like, foundations and being, building, like, long-lasting impact. So, yeah, definitely don't want to knock that, because I think, yeah, we can end up being too, like, introspective. So we honour your generosity. Thank you. <laughs> and then my next question is, when you were younger... What did you want to be when you grew up? Did you think you'd be head of diversity inclusion? So yeah, when I was young, my first the first career that I wanted to have was in nursing. And then I probably got to about like 
seven or eight and I was like I hate the sight of blood like this is just not going to work for me um, and then I really wanted to be a lawyer. Um, and then I remember watching the OJ Simpson trial. OJ was, I think he was like an American football player. His wife was killed. It was a big televised trial, like all around the world. And I remember his um, his defense solicitor was called Johnny Cochran. And I, I was just like fascinated with this guy. He was also like a black man, like leading on the world stage in law. And I was like, I want to be a solicitor. I want to do this. And I think... I'd already started to develop this like heart for justice, right? But as a child, I knew in my heart of hearts that OJ Simpson was guilty, but he was found not guilty. And I was like, I'm never going to be a lawyer because mm -hmm. I'm never going to have to lie because I'm true. I'm committed to God and like lying's bad. So, um, yeah, like that's what I wanted to be when I was growing up. I wanted to be a lawyer. And because I changed my mind because of that event that happened, I didn't really have people around me who were like, you could work for the Crown Prosecution Service and you could be a prosecution lawyer where you could blah, blah, blah. I was like, I want to stay in that field, um, but I don't want to be a lawyer. And so I ended up, my first career was in probation as a probation officer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forget that, actually. I think I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Mm, that's such an interesting story. And then, yeah, going a bit deeper, who were, like, some of your role models or, like, heroes that, yeah, when you were growing up, you were like, I want to be like that? Yeah, so I would... I've been thinking about this question since you sent it to me. <laughs> like an hour ago. <laughs> and um, there was a couple um, who are Zimbabwean. They pastor in Zimbabwe. They are called um, Bishop Tudor and Pastor Chichi Bismarck. And they are, when I was thinking about this, I was like, don't get emotional on the podcast. They are some of the most deeply faithful people that I've mm. ever encountered in my life. Like they're commitment to serving their community their church their country is like unfounded and when they've had opportunities like Zimbabwe has been through a lot politically the economy has been really unstable for a very long time and when they've had opportunities to like up sticks and leave they've stayed there because mm -hmm. another called them to that place for this time and so like their deep commitment to God and God's call on their life is something that I that really really inspires me I'm like if they also had a son who was very ill for all of his life who recently well passed away last year which was awful but like even during that time they were still so sacrificially giving and like serving and wow. yeah that's that's like they really 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 I look up to them they inspire me a lot I'm gonna need to check them out yeah, yeah. I think also we need leaders who are like vulnerable and honest with the struggles um, as well because when we face them it's then like oh wait like what does my faith mean now like how can I persevere how did Jesus do it so it's amazing that they've been so like honest and vulnerable and consistent I think yeah staying in the long game is like much harder but the people who do it there'll be a treasure in heaven for sure that's like different yeah yeah absolutely so I think uh they might not be like world famous but they're famous enough to me so yeah yeah and, and Liz you're coming from a different angle from working inside an international development charity so yeah I just kind of wanted to pick your brains like learn a bit more from you but have an open conversation about it what does you know this buzzword decolonization like what does that mean for you and how yeah how does that outwork in what we're doing yeah so I think um describing it as a buzzword is absolutely spot on I think it has become a bit of a buzzword and mm. it's important for the word to be out there but there needs to be some understanding of what it is and what it means and how we, like you said, how we move it forward. So uh, Bond, who are like an umbrella organisation for NGOs, which are non-government organisations across the UK, they uh, 
got a series of really great blogs on decolonization. And when I was reading one of them, the author says that decolonization is in danger of becoming a catch-all initiative, robbing it of the power it has to truly be transformative. Mm. And I think the, the, the stage right at the moment, you know, following the horrendous murder of George Floyd, we're in this stage of like, there were all of these words that feel like buzzwords. And I think that's because we're saying them and not necessarily, and this is like across the world, not necessarily doing mm. the work of the word, that makes sense. So yeah, just to say that, I think that decolonization for me is about how do we as, you know, charities, NGOs, international organizations, and not just that, like we can do some decolonization in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a whole podcast by itself, like decolonizing my life. Let's make that a podcast. <laughs> yeah, watch this please. <laughs> but it's it's us changing culture. It's us shifting attitudes, mindsets, stereotypes and assumptions. So how we think about other people and other places in the world and actually how we... So decolonization and power tend to come together in conversations, but how we think about power and what power is. And I feel like sometimes we think that power is this all. We've got to give absolutely everything over and I am left with nothing. But actually, what does it look like to allow somebody else to do something that they have every right to do because it affects them and mm-hmm. to support that person? Like supporting other people is also a position of power. But it's like, how do we reframe the conversations around power to become less about I'm going to lose out and more about what can I do to serve um and so I think for me the the word decolonizing decolonization it's an active word we've got to be doing something all of the time so it's kind of like doing and undoing at Mm. the same time um it's how we think about what we do what we say um our decision making and like on a on an organizational level it's about there's this saying in diversity and inclusion, like nothing about us without us. It's that kind of mindset. So if we are doing work in Africa, in Asia, in Latin America, in the Caribbean, in the Eurasia and North Africa, if we're doing work in all those places, actually, what does it mean to conceptualise that work? Not here, but there. Mm. What does it mean to be like from the get-go, this is how in our culture and our customs we would approach this. So this this is the starting point. And then we come together and think, okay, how do we bring your cultural customs together alongside you know compliance requirements? We are, you know, get government funding, things like that. How do we bring those things together and collaborate in ways that are less about we have to do it this way and more about let's encourage even governments to change. I'm a big I'm speaking quite a lot, I feel like. No, I love it. Keep going. I mean you are the place of wisdom when it comes to this. So that's why we're chatting to you. Um, I'm a big believer in let's not just do this because this institution says that we've got to do it this way like Mm -hmm. let's actually do what we need to do so that the organization or the church doesn't crumble and fail but let's also be pushing the boundaries because that's what Jesus did when he was here right Jesus was not like walking around like okay you said this so I'm going to do it your way he was like okay this is what you've said but how about you reframe it and think about it in this way, which is why he used parables so often. Mm. Really, you know, as when I was growing up, um, parables were taught to me as like earthly stories with heavenly meanings. Like, so how do we, you know, do that in the same way that Jesus did and really push 
the boundaries and it like again I think pushing the boundaries is another one of these like really trendy phrases but I'm not like storming in there and like bashing them down and stamping on them Mm. sometimes that is necessary 100% and also how do we just you know if you had a garden and you had like the little I don't know what it's called to to any gardeners who are listening listening please forgive me edge trills I don't know (laughs) that sounds fancy I like that I really don't know what it's called (laughs) But if you, like, need to make more space for flowers to grow around the grass, like, just, you're not going to, like, necessarily dig into it. You're going to just, like, push the boundaries a little mm-hmm. bit at a time. So how do we do that? Push the boundaries a little bit at a time for the sake of the people that we serve around the world, for the sake of creating a more just and fair society mm-hmm. that we all want to live in that was actually God's model for the world in the first place. Yeah. Um, no seriously I think yeah it can be frustrating because it's like it's almost like we're making these well people especially in positions of power making this because it like helps gain support or like it's the thing we need to do at the moment but it's like we're so slow to catch up that God has been doing this like from the beginning like he's the one who honors and like chooses dignity on everyone and chooses who's like not included and is included and then makes sure that he like resets that power dynamic or balance but we're so slow to realize it's like God's heart I feel like the more we catch up to like what he's been doing since the beginning of time, like the more, yeah, gusto I guess we have. And I guess like something about decolonization and correct me if I'm wrong, is mm. like, I don't know, I feel like sometimes people think if I've done like this, this and this, therefore we've decolonized, great. Like let's move on to like the next thing, like sustainable development or something. But you've been like talking about how it's like a process and we need to like insert ourselves into it as well. So for like, yeah, people who are engaging with charities or like talking about development and poverty and wanting to see an end to it, what do you think it means to like include yourself in that, like in conversations or in, I don't know, who you donate to or who you like say is actually like, that's a good model of doing it. Yeah, what does it look like to make sure we're like checking ourselves as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's going back to this whole thing I said about like nothing about us without us and also like where we kind of conceptualize and begin to make decisions and like we on the way that we honor customs and norms in different parts of the world mm. you know ultimately god created us differently like mm. <laughs> and god allowed us to like develop in these different ways and so what what i think it looks like is you know tier funds model i mean one of the things and i know i work here but i love tier fund before i work here just <laughs> not like you know so one of the things i love is that um tier fund works through the local church and through local partners Mm. and so that model for me is you know and while there are things that we still need to kind of work out you know we are an evolving learning and growing organization but what that looks like is that we are saying this is your church this is your community you know the community you know the people here you know your customs and norms you know what you do here Mm lead this like access people who are in greatest need in ways that you know they're going to be able to receive that support they'll understand that support that there are people that can relate to them simple things like even in their own language like that is mm. we've like, been an English speaker so I was um where was the last place that I went to where I was just like you know just assuming that everybody's spoken oh do you speak English like that's my first question like when I go anywhere yeah but, to like have the respect to like learn a few phrases in phrases in the language it's like do you speak English because there's like an assumption that everyone can communicate like me Mm. to actually look for charities organizations institutions that are really honoring the people that they're serving and doing that 
um, through people who are kind of plugged into those networks as well. I think that's really important. Mm. I think as well, like, looking for organisations who are doing what they say that they're going to do. And yeah. I think, gen, you know, millennials, Gen Z, all the gen, the gens that are, like, behind Gen Z, <laughs> you know, are really, I think, more in tune or like it matters to them so like I'm a millennial one of the older millennials but like this stuff really matters to me Mm. and so how do you take the time and do like your due diligence and you know research the organization or the company and think about it and it's not always easy you know there are inequalities in like socioeconomic statuses and things like that that mean that you can't always necessarily access or you know, you haven't been educated in the manner in which it's deemed to be appropriate, you know, to get into certain institutions. But doing that research, having that understanding of making decisions that are within your power, where you can make a difference and not be part of the problem. Mm. I think also, Anna, like, realistically, this is like centuries of oppression. And yeah, just, right. And so it's going to take us time to undo all of those things. Mm. So I'd say, guilty if you can't make a decision that you feel is like completely in line with your values at the moment but like be the light in that place that you're in so that they can begin to shift and move and change I don't even know anymore if I've answered your question but here we are (laughs) no 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 yeah I was gonna say that because like it does take time to like especially just in your own like life or like the way that the system's been set up it takes time to like work out okay where are, like the gaps where is that used for like to be oppressive like where's that a practice that like I no longer want to get involved in or like yeah taking that hard look does take time but if we're like rushing everywhere we're less doing it so I think yeah that's such a good point like about perspective that this has been going on for centuries so we need to give time to like do the deep work that will actually cause like change long term rather than you know fill out the report tick the box like five times and be like great I'm gonna move on yeah and you said something about sorry yeah there's a thing about like personal power so what can I do, like, in the decisions that I make? In So I'll give you an example. I um, try to read at least two books a month. That's my, like, reading target for every year. But last at the end of last year, I decided that in 2022, I was going to read books um, that were 80% people from global majority heritage backgrounds mm. um, and then 50% female. <clears throat> and so that was a decision that I made personally which will one, educate me, but two, support people in the publishing industry that aren't necessarily always like the loudest voices or the most seen. So I've been mm. into like supermarkets and you know, you go into a supermarket and you see all the books and it's like all the bestsellers and their yeah, ones and scanning. And out of easily like a hundred books, about five were people who were of global majority heritage. Mm. So I was like, yeah, this is not cool because these are the things that people by default pick up. So yeah. actually, the decision to do more work it means I have to research more because there are certain types of books that I like to read but I'm using my personal power in that way so how can people use their personal power if you can't make a big life decision that's completely in line with your values there are other things that you can do Mm. yeah that's really helpful and I'm sure there will be book readers who are now like writing that down like I need to make (laughs) so yeah thanks for that um tip and you so you mentioned about like millennials gen z gen x where you know all of us are like looking to see that people are actually like changing so if they're making those statements and like I guess like comic relief is one example of like they didn't have African filmmakers and like now ask that's great to see the progress but also 
yeah there was like a lot of criticism like when I was at uni studying development about that and I guess yeah we're looking to see that people are actually like decolonizing the organizations are yeah I get and I guess like for me as well like I've been learning about like how comms can use like pictures of poverty to really like lose dignity and it's still like oppressive in that sense yeah I'm looking at loads of charities and still seeing those comms being rolled out um Mm -hmm. so I guess yeah what would you say to the kind of like disillusionment or like yeah, the desire for integrity that's not being seen as much. Yeah, like, what would you say to young people about that? Yeah, I would say use your voice, like, make a fuss, say something, Mm -hmm. do something. I think that's really important. I think also I would say don't get disheartened. Like, sometimes it's hard to, like, see this stuff and think that the world's not changing and people don't care. There are people who do care, and that care combined with your voice can make a difference. Um, I'd say, you know, also to a point where you can make a decision that's kind of in line with your values around, you know, decolonization and justice, like do that. And it, like I know I've said earlier in this podcast and I don't know if it's going to be in here, but I'll say mm-hmm. it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I know I said earlier that not everyone can make these like really value-based principles decisions. So like do what you can, but also where you can make those really valuable principle decisions because decolonization decolonizing is like an active thing that we need to do and mm. so it means I take the hit so that another person doesn't have to and so how can you really you know Jesus gave his life on a cross you know <laughs> yeah for sure. or making a different choice or having to do a bit more research is a very 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 small price to pay mm. of another human being so yeah and I think when you speak up and do speak about justice like you might lose friends but I've just been thinking like you know what like I I want to make sure that I know that like when I look back at myself that I actually have stood up for what I like believe in and what I think is justice and yeah I think you're so right taking the hit so that someone else doesn't have to and yeah to be honest there's a lot more that all of us can do in yeah in that space and I guess like a question I haven't really prepped you for but you're like right at the heart of yeah bringing like diversity inclusion like challenging racism and practices and just for people listening where they are doing that but also it's an emotional labor on themselves especially when they're facing it and like facing racism what would you how like how have you endured like how come yeah you're still doing it and you haven't given up yet do you have any encouragement yeah for those specific listeners yeah I would say number one lean into God um John 15 a scripture about the vine without you I can do nothing like that has been for most of my life one of the things where I've been like let me take myself out of this and put more God into it so mm. um into God develop a good network of people that you can just like vent and rant at like some days I will just call my friends and be like but also get like more official uh, support if you need that so counseling or clinical supervision those things are really really important because your mental health matters mm. I would also say take time to rest take time to switch off so, like, create really clear boundaries around your life and the conversations that you have to have that give you a bit of an escape from that. And, like, don't let anybody tell you that by taking that time out, you are, like, lazy or unproductive. Jesus rested. Mm. End of story. <laughs> I was, um, I've been rereading parts of Genesis recently and, like, just highlighting that, that between Genesis and Exodus, where in Genesis, God rested after creating, like, he's God right so even God needed a rest and then the ten commandments like remember the sabbath day and keep it holy like there's a there's a commandment there with like further instruction around what to do and why it's important and so like I take a sabbath day every Friday I am 
unplugged from the digital world. I barely track the time. If I need to sleep all day, I do. If I want to read all day, I do. If I want to go for a walk, I do. If I want to see people that give me energy, I also do that. But that's my protected time to mm. kind of come down from the intensity of doing this work and having these conversations because it is it is hard. Like, you know, I'm a black woman. And so sometimes I'm entering a space where there can be like hostility or views that are kind of not always the kindest around race, ethnicity. But then because I also have a genuine and general heart for justice, like to hear people not being treated fairly is really difficult for me. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Mm. So I have to like find ways to release that and come down from that. And that's why I'd say go back to the number one thing is around your relationship with God and lean into God, listen to God and make space for God. Yeah, that's what I'd say. Mm, thank you yeah thanks so much for sharing as well just about your personal habits yeah and being like vulnerable on the podcast conscious of time even though I love this conversation so Liz we will definitely have you back well okay I don't love the fact that we need to decolonize but I love the wisdom that you're bringing so we'll definitely yeah have you back in the next whenever I won't put a time on it um but a kind of yeah final question to end on um what do you think it looks like to truly do justice um in this yeah in this space yeah I think um, so like a definition of justice is giving a person what they deserve. <laughs> it's very simple, guys. You know, that whole scripture, like, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind and love your neighbour as yourself. It's kind of like, let's just do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with all the things that the word love encompasses, because love is also a verb, but it's a doing word. You have to get up and decide to be loving and to love every single day. So it's like, what voice does a person deserve to have? in this decision, in this conversation, it's how do we think about like restoring order in the the way that the world has become disordered and chaotic um, because of sin, right? Like, so sin's come into the world and it's kind of, I did a little hand action there for people who can't see me. Yeah, I forgot. (laughs) Sin has come into the world. It's making us make these crazy decisions. You know, I believe that all types of injustice is sinful because it goes against God's loving nature. So how do we restore God's order where it's like love first and actually like really understanding what does biblical justice-based love really look like? What it looks like, a person who was sinless dying on the cross, that's what it looks like. When you think about that, I'm not going to go and do that. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to die on the cross for anyone. But when I think about what that means metaphorically in my life, how do I die on that cross or how do I loving that sacrificial and really giving way in the decisions that I'm making to help bring justice like that was for me the ultimate act of justice redeeming us to God like massive and how do we kind of think about when we're thinking about justice our hearts our actions our decisions our words like how do we honor other people um in that and again I go back to loving your neighbors you love yourself if you are thinking about other people in ways that are not loving because you wouldn't think about them for yourself then why are you doing that yeah yeah so true and you know Liz is quoting a lot of biblical scriptures so this isn't just you know that kind of justice thing that we're trying to chat about this is like well I mean it is but as in it's fully biblical and this is where God's heart is so I think you know we can't call ourselves a Christian and not be part of this um, and counting the costs and taking the hits for other people and giving justice to people yeah, and giving people what they deserve. So Liz, I cannot thank you enough for your wisdom and your insight. And yeah, just the love that you've poured out for justice and challenging things, um, but also for us to look after ourselves and 
yeah like make sure that we're pushing forwards when it comes to this so thank you very much thank you Alex it's been a pleasure as always and yeah Liz if people want to find out a bit more about you or resources that you suggest how can they so this is actually a really great question because it will help me to work on my like personal brand a little bit more. So you can follow me at Liz Muir Speaks, that's L-I-Z-M for mother, U-I-R Speaks, um, on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm trying to share more of what I think and feel about justice and different issues in that space. So this will actually give me a little bit of a push if I get more people follow me. So if you follow me, if I get like a thousand followers, I'll do this. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> She's an influencer. <laughs> you can follow me at Listen Your Speaks. Um, and obviously I would encourage you to follow We Are Tear Fund, to follow Tear Fund. You can find out about what we're doing there. Great spaces. Love We Are Tear Fund memes. They're the best. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure you like and subscribe. Also, follow us on Instagram at WeAreTearFun or check out all that we're doing on wearetearfun.org.